This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be legends. Thank you, Finland. Uh, I'm super excited to be here. Uh, and really, very honestly, I'd, I'd like to get to the Q&A portion of this pretty quickly. Uh, I wrote a book called Ask Gary V because I do believe that uh, these kind of events are incredible and, and a lot of very smart and, and special people come and pontificate and what have you, but the interaction is the single greatest way to get deep instead of wide and I think at the end of the day for everybody that has decided to come to this conference, there's tangible things we want, there's something we want and that's actually where I wanna start. Actually, you know what, let's start with this. Before I go into this, by show of hands, how many people here have no idea who I am or anything about my spiel? Tell the truth, raise them. That fucking hurts. (laughs) Thank you, Finland, I'll see you next time. (laughs) That's a tough way to start. I thought that was the case and I understand why and so I'm gonna spend a few minutes giving you my background because I think it's the foundation of what I wanna bring here. I did a lot of work on the flight over here to understand the audience. I think a lot of times when I speak at conferences or other speakers speak, we make some misdistinctions of B2B, B2C, things of that nature and so understanding the makeup of a lot of people in this audience and understanding the landscape of the social media grid, the digital grid, I'm gonna try to factor my talk very aggressively towards a little bit more of a B2B environment. It's interesting, as a, as a marketer and a business person, so many people think when they think about social media, so much more in a B2C environment, yet GE, which is one of our largest clients of my firm, VaynerMedia, is easily the happiest client we have because at the end of the day, before I give you my background, I wanna set this up immediately which is the following. No matter what you do in this room, no matter what business you come from, no matter what position you hold within that organization, whether you're a solo entrepreneur or work at a big organization, there's only one thing that bounds us all together in this room. The number one thing from a business perspective that ties all of us together in this room is quite simple. At the end of the day, before you tell me how great your SaaS product is or your service or how delicious your wine is or how great you are if you're building your brand, no matter what, before you get a chance to tell me how great you are or it is or that is, you need somebody's attention. The number one thing that everybody here is battling on, the currency of business forever and everything by the way, is attention. And the biggest thing that everybody in this room is being affected, and this is worldwide, whether I'm in Asia, South America, the US, obviously the you know apps are slightly different, the usage is different, But the one thing that is common, the one thing that I absolutely wanna spend the majority of my time on is if you are sitting in this room and you do not understand the slide that I have up there that says I day trade attention and build businesses, you are very vulnerable in the speed of which the market is changing. If you do not understand that if you are religious or emotional of where you send your message, whether that is print or radio or television or conferences or direct mail or Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat or Tumblr, if you are emotional, if you draw lines in the sand, if you talk about how you used to do it or how your grandfather built the business or what is tried and true, in a 2017 world, you are massively vulnerable. The speed in which our consumers whether in a B2B or B2C environment, are switching and moving has never been faster. And listen, I stand in front of you, I know Dick Koslow's here, the former CEO of Twitter, I saw him backstage, one of, a very good friend of mine. My breakout in the States was Twitter. I was one of the first movers on that platform. I amassed a million followers on Twitter. I would wish and want that Twitter was still the number one place that everybody spent all their time on. I was on the top of the heap. But as it started getting competition from Instagram and Snapchat and other platforms, and as the attention was not as deeply in that platform, it hurt my feelings. I wasn't excited that I spent all of 2007 through 2010, eight fucking hours a day, replying to people of what wine goes with fish. (laughs) Every day, eight hours a day, to build a base. I wasn't excited that people were moving away from it, I just knew that I had no choice, that that was the punchline. 
that as much as you'd like it to be the way that it most benefits you, the end consumer does other stuff. And so that's basically been the story of my life. My life starts in being born in Belarus in the former Soviet Union. I came to the US when I was three years old. We were very, very, very poor. I lived in a studio apartment with eight family members, a third of the size of the stage that I'm on now. And my dad and my mom, as you can imagine, are very much my heroes. My dad worked every hour of his life being a stock boy in a liquor store. Uh, you know, actually, how many people in this room are immigrants or children of immigrants? Please raise your hand, just curious. So for the hands that are in this room, they know something that I know, which is immigrants have an amazing advantage. They have a very tried and true strategy that we could all learn from. What immigrants are very good at doing is when they come to a new country, they work and they don't spend any money on dumb shit for 10 years. <laughs> and so that's what my parents did. And, uh, and eventually my dad was able to buy a small liquor store in New Jersey. I was a very entrepreneurial kid. I was day trading attention from a young age. I had six lemonade stands when I was seven years old and I would spend all my time trying to figure out what tree and what pole to put the signs on because I was watching people drive and trying to figure out what signs. This, I was a very sick child. Um, <laughs> When I was 12 and 13, I was selling baseball cards which were very popular in the United States at the time and I was making one to $2,000 a weekend selling them in the malls of New Jersey which was great and I was rich for a young kid and it was fantastic but then my career changed. My dad dragged me into the liquor store and I hated it at first but luckily I realized that people collected wine. I was into collecting sports memorabilia. That was my passion, that was the connection and I decided that I was gonna jump into my family business, open up 4,000 liquor stores across America, sell the franchise one day and buy the New York Jets American football team because that is my dream. You two stand up, you two stand up. Let's clap it up for these guys. In 1994, I was in my dorm room in college. My friend came over to me, and this, I wanna start wrapping this up and getting it to what matters to you. He brought me into a room. It was the first time I heard which was the internet. I was very excited about it. I didn't know what it was. I said something stupid like, is this the information superhighway? I looked at it. This is, you know, there's a lot of youngsters in here. This was 1994. I literally stood there and watched people on the internet for five hours. It was that crazy, it's, it was just that insane, it was so new, and when I finally had my turn to go on there, when I finally had my turn to go on there, within 20 minutes, I landed on a message board where people were trading and buying and cards, baseball cards, and I realized, my God, I can do business on this thing, and over the next year, I went head first and learned about eBay, learned about what was going on in Amazon, started learning the early internet culture, and in 1996, I launched winelibrary.com, one of the first two e-commerce wine businesses in America. From 1998 to 2003, in a five-year window, I grew my dad's business from a three to a $60 million business on very, very important terms that matter to this entire room. I had no money. It was a $3 million business that had 10% gross profit, $300,000 before expenses. There was no marketing budget. What I needed is to make every penny work like a dollar. So the strategy became day trading attention. When you day trade attention, my friends, here's what you do. You don't overspend on what everybody believes is tried and true. Every single company in this gorgeous conference right now is grossly overspending money on things that they've been doing for the last decade because it's the things that they accept or the reporting justifies it or they're just lazy to try something new. Everyone. Everyone. And so what you do when you day trade attention is you have to find angles. What's underpriced? How many people here do email marketing or have done email marketing in their lives? Raise your hands. Perfect, a lot of you. In 1997, I started an email newsletter. Most people that came into my liquor store didn't even know what email was in 1997. I collected, I collected, I collected, and in 1998, I had a 200,000-person email newsletter with 91% open rates. Now, 
it's not because I was a genius, and I know a lot of you sit here just like I do with emails that are 13 to 23% open rates today. It's that in 1997, nobody was emailing. We hadn't ruined it yet. One thing I promise you, more than I know that the sun will come up tomorrow, I know that marketers ruin everything. <laughs> we ruin the internet, I'm trying to ruin Snapchat and Musical.ly right now, we ruin shit. It's what we do. So. It was 91% open rates there. Then Google AdWords came out. I bought the word wine on Google AdWords for five cents a click and owned it for nine months before anybody bid me up because people were still on Yahoo and Ask Jeeves and other shit like that. (laughs) And so that became the rinse and repeat. As I think about B2B players in this environment, it is stunning to me how many B2B businesses here do not understand that producing articles on medium.com, on LinkedIn, writing full content on Facebook in your feed and then spending $100 in ads against employees of the company that you're trying to reach. Let me say that three more times because the one thing I promised myself as I boarded last night in New York to get here is I'm gonna give my talk but I'm gonna give every single person in this audience one thing to take home, do, and then email and say thank you. So let me say it really slow. Right now, on this day, October 6th, right? Is that right? October 6th, 2016, the number one deal, if you day trade attention like I do, in this market, is Facebook ads. They are underpriced. They are underpriced because a lot of people in this room still debate what the ROI is, or even worse, they're emotional that Facebook organic reach has come down and now they have to pay for it. While you're emotional and sad that you don't reach as many things, the best ad product that I've seen since Google AdWords has emerged. Or even worse than both of those two scenarios, You haven't even done it yet. You've decided for your business, your customer is not on that platform, yet you've never spent a dollar testing it to know if that's true or not. You've read a headline, you had a friend tell you, but you actually don't do it and you're not sure. We live in a world right now of headline readers. Everybody here has a lot of opinions about Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and influencer, LinkedIn, Medium but there's very few practitioners. There's very few people that have actually placed the ads. There are very few people that understand that the creative is the variable when you place an ad, and just because you did it once doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It might mean that the creative, the video and the picture that you put out just sucked. And so, as I go through all the other things, just in the middle here for a few minutes, I just want to tell you exactly what I know. What I know is I'm involved with 15 different B2B businesses right now. GE is a client, AT&T is a client, but many startups that I invest in because I also in my mid-2000s started investing in Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Uber. I've done very well in that world. I basically just told you that to brag. That had no information value. But, But what I know about these B2B businesses is right now every single person here can write an article about their expertise in the business that they're in. Not a propaganda for your SaaS product or service, but an article that would be valuable to the people that you're trying to reach. You can write this article literally in a Facebook post. Literally in a Facebook post. And then you can go to the ad product and you can actually target employees of. One of the ways you can target on Facebook is the employees of an organization. How many people here are in B2B? Raise your hand. Higher, go high for me Helsinki. Higher again, show me again, I need to look. High, perfect. A shitload, a lot of you. All of you, all of you need to hear this. This is the remarkable era of underpriced opportunity in digital and social marketing, yet I'm empathetic to why most of you do not believe that. I get it. Most of the advice, most of the conferences, most of the articles position this in a B2C environment. I know, for example, the following, that if I was to buy one of your companies, the number one thing I would do is the following. Every one of you are in an industry where there is a B2B magazine that is the number one thing that the people in your market read. If you are a company trying to reach customers, I would become that magazine. Let me explain. 
The other religious point of view that this room needs to take away from this talk, this weekend, or at some point you will believe this is true, whether it is today, or 12 or 24 months from now, 36 months from now, is the following. The quicker everybody in this room understands that they are a media company, comma, software company, comma, wine retailer, comma, lawyer, comma, account service provider, the quicker everybody in this room understands that they are a media company, comma, those things, the quicker you will be successful. I will tell you why. You told me that earlier they said the ad was dead, you said the ad has gotta be creative and good, give it to the creatives. I, I believe more in your world, and I'll just add to it. The ad has to bring value. The number one thing that is happening in society in every part of the world is the following. We as human beings, no matter where we're from, we value health, we wanna stay alive, and the people, money, you like money. But the number one emerging thing in society, in value, is time. Time is exploding in value to us because we all now live in a 24-7, 365 world. Some of the old timers in this room, remember when the workday ended and it just ended? It wasn't getting emails at night, people expecting you to reply. We now live in a 24-7 world. As a matter of fact, one of the great mistakes of my investing career is Travis Kalkinick, the CEO of Uber, was a very great friend of mine. I passed on investing in Uber in the angel round twice. I cost myself hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm very upset about it. Um, but I invested a little bit later on, not because Uber was doing so well, but because I realized when he came to New York and my brother AJ took the first Uber ride, oh my God, Uber doesn't sell transportation, Uber sells time. We don't care about privacy, we care about time. This is who we are as humans. And what advertising is doing in the last 50 years is it's stopping you from doing what you wanna do and it's selling you something, which means by nature it is stealing your time. Which is why the second you decide that you're a media company and you actually wanna bring people value instead of selling them something, you win. If you run home now and misunderstood what I said, which is why I'm creating clarity right now for you. If you leave here and misunderstood what I said, you will go home, you will make a Facebook post, and you will write a propaganda or sales post, and you will push it, and it will not be successful. If you heard me loud and clear, and understand who you're trying to reach, and you write an article about something that brings them value, you will win. For example, a small business in the United States that heard this talk three years ago from me, started writing content about golf. They were a law firm, but what they understood was the people they were trying to reach were into golf. And they started writing content about golf and used that content as a gateway drug to close the clients. Because people don't wanna read your sales pitch. They don't have time. People wanna read something that brings value. And the interesting thing about so many of you in the B2B environment is you're actually an expert or knowledgeable about your craft. You actually know. And so putting that content to work is massively important. It was super important for me six, seven years ago. That was nothing compared to the ability of going and now targeting the employees of the organization that you're trying to reach. For example, if you're trying to reach the CTO or the CIO, or if you actually know the title of the person you're trying to reach, you were able to make a video on Facebook that shows the value prop of your product, you are able to then in the copy say, does your CIO know? You are able to then run $100 worth of ads against the employees of that organization and then 20 people from that organization are gonna take that post and forward it to the CIO, the CTO, the head of finance or whoever you're trying to reach. My friends, I've spent the last seven minutes here on this rant and I understand it's very tactical and it's not motivational and funny but I fucking promise you that if you really understand what I'm talking about, you will do what you actually care to do, which is sell shit, right? We're running businesses here. So please, please understand that because once you understand what I just spend my time on, how that works, you'll start understanding why every company here needs to hire an editor in chief. 
an editor-in-chief for your SaaS business, your law firm, an editor-in-chief, it's crazy, it's not something any of you would think, and I understand why, but you have to understand the playing field is changing, and it's changing fast. In America, I run VaynerMedia. We are an 800-person firm, $100 million in revenue, in four years from zero, basically. We work with GE and Pepsi and Under Armour and Toyota and the biggest brands in the world, and in the US, my clients spend tens of billions of dollars trying to sell stuff. Here's how they do it. <clears throat> By show of hands in this room, how many of you now watch television, not when the show airs, but on TiVo, Netflix, DVR, or Amazon Prime, whatever you have here, on your time, raise your hands. Oh, interesting, everybody. <laughs> everybody. And I think we can agree this is not 13-year-old girls everywhere, right? Everybody. And how many of you, when given the chance, fast forward every single commercial if you have the option to fast forward? Miraculous, everybody. Yet, every company that is trying to reach and sell you something here in the Finland market is spending millions of dollars making 30-second videos to put in between these shows to sell you something. And even if miraculously, that video is put in front of you, because you dropped your remote control off the bed. <laughs> Even if that miraculous thing happens, the second a commercial comes, every person in this room grabs this. And you look at this and you check on work, or you tweet about what you just saw, or you wanna see what other people said about what she was wearing, but I promise you one thing, your attention, your attention is not on that video. You can sit with me for the next 30 years of your life and show me every report you have. Your modeling mix, your data reports, your big data, your surveys, you can show me all your report. But my friends, it is time for the people in this room and especially the entrepreneurs in this room to start deploying common sense against this reality. In America, the number one thing that my clients spend money on is programmatic banner ad buying, right? Banner ads across the whole web. There's nobody in this room that is looking at a banner ad. Nobody's going to a website, scrolling down to the bottom left-hand corner and carefully consuming a banner. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And you clap, and you clap, my friends, because you know. Yet, many sell it, many buy it, because that's what humans do. You do what's best for you in the short term without understanding the long-term implications. We are living through a revolution. This, my friends, this is the television. And the television is the radio. And it's 1960. And there's a huge opportunity for everybody in this room. And you can sit and give excuses when I and Dick and Peter come up and say, ah, but here in Finland, it's different. You can say that, you're more than welcome, but the reason you laughed and clapped is because you know it's not. I know it's not because I look at the data. I'm not emotional about it. I don't care how reserved you are. I don't care how over the top I am. This is just data. Your consumers are living on this device. And when you sit and make another excuse, yes Gary, you're very interesting. You're a very interesting speaker. This is good. But my customer is not on it. They're older. You're older. You're on it. And so, I got, had a very big advantage going into marketing, unlike many people, and it's why I love the speaker tomorrow, Seth Godin, who I enjoy so much, and I'm sure you will, he actually built a business before he became a marketing expert. I built businesses and sell stuff before I started a marketing firm. My big advantage is my KPI, my ROI is not headlines and ad age. It's not to win a award in the south of France. <laughs> My KPI and ROI is to sell something. That's what businesses do. And so I implore all of you to take a hard look because here's the punchline. And I'm sure I didn't get to see what Peter said but I sure know how he rolls. If you think about what has happened in our society over the last 10 years, 
and this is worldwide, if you understand what's gonna happen over the next 10 years, it is remarkable. As a matter of fact, this is actually a very good question. How many people here are retiring in the next 10 years? And I don't mean, before you raise your hand, I don't mean you're gonna crush it and make lots of money and retire on an island. I mean you're old and you're finished. <laughs> raise your hand if you're retiring in the next 10 years. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, so for the nine of you, you could take some of what I've said with a grain of salt, right? But for the rest of you, please understand, if you are not a practitioner, whether you are the CEO, the head of sales, or entry level your career, if you don't understand how this stuff works, if you've not signed up for Instagram and Snapchat, this is not a waste of your time. Think of it this way. We are running a marathon. And if you don't start getting on the treadmill and getting ready for the marathon, when the marathon comes, you will not be able to run. You understand? So downloading these things and understanding these things is not for fun or being cool. It's gonna be the only game. What do you think is happening here? There are 60-year-old men in here who sent a poop emoji in the last 24 hours. We are changing the way we communicate. There are people in this room that 10 years ago said they would never get a cell phone because their pager was good enough. We are living through major, major, major communication shifts and it is gonna be exponential. We live in a mobile only world, you just don't realize it yet. It's here, it's happening. And whether Twitter becomes big and then not big, whether Facebook's here in five years or not, I don't care. I don't care if Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, all disappear. The concept of us consuming information and making business decisions and living our lives through this is here. And then it will be here, and then it will be here, and then we'll be fucking robots. But now, (laughs) but for now, but for now, it is here. And if your entire business strategy is not about where people's attention is. When you look at the data of Finnish use on the internet today and on cell phone usage, when you look at your customers in this country, not in America, of the percentage of time that everybody in Finland spends on a social network in a mobile device, it is up to almost 50% of all usage. Only gaming and utility apps are anywhere close. All of a sudden, the word social media instead of some little thing on the side, a little sprinkle, a little nice to have, when you think the way I think, which is this is the most important device in the world, and more than half of our time, all of us, half of our time in this device is spent on a social network, it becomes a little bit more important. I mean, literally, guys, tonight when I go out in Helsinki, I would rather have somebody come up to me, stab me in the stomach with a knife, and steal my wallet than lose my phone. This is it. How many people here in every 24 hour window, every 24 hour window are in arm's reach of their telephone? Raise your hand. What do you think is happening? What do you think is happening? You think you're, like who can't wait to leave this amazing conference, the Nordic Business Conference, go home and go to their mailbox and carefully go through their direct mail? I mean, what are we spending our money on? How do you think you're getting customers? It is time. Listen, you could get away with this bullshit in 2009 and say it's not here. You could, you could, when I was here at a different conference in 2012, you could say, ah, not yet. My friends, it's 2017. The data's in place. You may not like it. You may go out to dinner with your partner and you may see two people sitting at dinner and both of them are on a phone, right? And you may say, oh, Look how sad that is. Technology, so sad. You can do that. You may not like that this is happening. By the way, real quick, when I see a couple at dinner and they're on the phone the whole time, I don't think that's sad. I think it's amazing. Let me explain why. That same couple, 15 years ago, they just sat across from each other at dinner and didn't say a fucking word. Let me, let me say one thing here for you. And this is a very good thing for everybody to leave this conference with. Technology is not changing us. Technology is exposing who we actually are. 
So all my friends, I have a seven, four-year-old daughter, all my friends are like, oh, I hate that my kids are on the iPad all day, but the second the kid cries when we're over and having drinks, they throw the iPad at them like it's medicine. (laughs) Right? So it's time for us all to not be hypocrites. It is time for all of us to understand it's 2017. You may not like this, you may not like this. I lo- you know what I love? I love how everybody has decided writing a letter is so amazing. We've decided in the world that if you write a letter, that's some amazing achievement, that you're the greatest person of all time. We have made the pencil and paper on a pedestal, yet if we text each other, that seems like not communicating. Our kids are not communicating. It's the same shit. It's the same shit. Do you understand? And the longer you hold out and you want it to be 2002 and 1997 and 1983, great, knock yourself out. But let me make you a promise. Technology will run you over. Somebody who's smaller than you will take your business because the attention, the attention of all of our consumers and all of age groups and all demos and all countries in 2017 is here. And when you understand what people pay attention to here, it is Facebook, it is YouTube, it is blogs, it is LinkedIn, it is Twitter, and you better figure out how you storytell and how you market on these platforms, because if you don't, you will be finished. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Gary! Yes! What an amazing performance, my God! What a wake-up call that was. Thank you so much. Give him a big hand hold on, and hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is anybody else pissed off like I am that it is 2016 and that needs to be a wake-up call? Unfortunately, that is the case. That is the case. And it feels damn good to be awakened. Good. And the common sense, and you know, but I do enjoy going to Southern France to pick up a prize once <laughs> in a while. But you know, that that's uh, it another. It feels issue. good. We've got a huge amount of questions. I think the one that um, I want to use. You, you were. You, yes. Oh, uh, you. Please, I'll give you this, perhaps. If uh, yes, you change your clothes. That's what I did. You are so. What, what is? What are you wearing? Tell me that first, please. He's wearing my favorite football player's jersey. Al Toon was a Jet from Oh, that's Toon. There you go. Toon. Yes. Uh, Look at this guy. Better to catch his wide receiver. 6,605 yards. What college did he go to? Don't know. <laughs> Wisconsin. All right, let's do the question because I want to answer the yeah, question. Gary, uh, thanks for being here. There's a, my name is Antti Merilehto. Finch Finland is one of my companies. I do have a question because I'm a half-immigrant. My wife, she's a coach in Boston, so I spend half the time in Boston, half the time here. Yes. And I would say for me, being in front of you, all of you wearing this strange clothing for a business conference <laughs> is more natural than for many people around here. And okay. by the way, you're on live on my Facebook. No problem. And, and so your question was? My question is, how can you encourage these people, Finns, who are a bit different, we're more shy, to be here and they trade their attention and like for me saying that if you have an e-commerce in AdWords, I'm the guy to go to if you spend more than 5k a month. How can people be, stand up, do it? Yeah, I get it, I get it. Look, I think, and I addressed it earlier, I, listen, every culture has its own game, right? Like, I don't think that, I, I have no interest and I definitely don't have the audacity or the hypocrisy to come here and say, be like me, be crazy, wear a jersey from a different football team from a different country, stand up, disrupt the entire conference. You don't, you don't. He's, he's a typical, typical Finnish guy. Uh. What, what, what I love about that is that's real for you, Ante, right? That's real for you and you should do that. And for a lot of people here, if you're introverted, for example, the example I spent most of my time on the talk today, it wasn't about being crazy on video like I am, that's what I'm comfortable with. Some people are just great writers. Maybe you use SoundCloud and you do audio. Everybody here has to deploy one very important thing, self-awareness. You have to know who you are. You, You shouldn't be crazy because there's not a lot of crazy in Finland, you shouldn't be reserved or introverted because that's what's accepted. You need to be you. 
and you need to be you, and you need to be you. And once you get comfortable with being you, it's unbelievable what starts happening. Now whether it is through written form, audio, video, you need to figure out the medium that allows you to communicate to the world and in which platforms here because you will be very successful if you can figure that out. Mm. By not talking, by not communicating in the best form for you, where people actually are, you are leaving money, opportunity, raising money for charities, whatever you want to accomplish in your life, you're leaving that on a table. So the punchline is self-awareness, man. I'm not gonna tell them go do this. I don't know them, I don't know you. Do you, you know you, stop being scared of who you are. Be yourself. Thank you. Yeah, be yourself. Everybody else is taken. We know that one. I think it's so clear. We have we have one question. Uh, come, I'll, I'm going to take a digital question. I'll get back to you in a second. This one, you know, because you you did tell us that you you were there before. Everybody was on Yahoo. You were on on Google before everybody else. And this I, I think is a good question for you: is what's next on social media? Where are we going? You know, yeah. Where where are we going wrong, and where should we be? I have no idea. Thank you. Next question, please. Now, I'll expand. <laughs> I'm just kidding, yeah. And, and, uh, but I think it's the truth. I think the biggest mistake people think, and Seth gets it, I'm sure, and Peter gets it, and all these great things. We're not futurists. I'm not Nostradamus, right? I don't know what's happening next. Here's what I know. I put in the work when I see something pop. For the last eight weeks, on the iTunes iStore, app store, there's an app called Marco Polo that has been in the top 150. So I downloaded it and I made my team download it, and I watch people using it, and I use it, I taste it, and I'm not crippled. You know, so many people here think, well that's a waste of time if it doesn't become big. I think it's a big disadvantage for you not to do it in case it becomes big. So I play with social cam, and plurk, and all these things that nobody talks about, but I equally played with Twitter, and Facebook, and Tumblr, and Snapchat, and Instagram. The key is I don't know what's next, but every time I see something that is happening a little bit, I put in the work. On Vine, when Vine was popping two years ago, I stayed up from midnight to two o'clock in the morning because I was very busy and I used it every night and I watched everybody. I, I watch people behave, I have one thing, I have one talent. I know what you're gonna do before you know you're gonna do it. That's a good talent. And I do it by intuition, but also looking at the data and also watching and then watching what you do with it. So, to me, I don't know what's next. I just know that the second something pops a little bit, unlike most of you, I'm not scared to put in the work to figure it out. Yes. Great answer. We have hey, another Gary. eager gentleman. Tell us who you are, please. Hey, Gary, my name is Auntie. Auntie. Um, since the USC talk in 2015, you've been like my digital uncle. <laughs> like, you kind of answer all my questions. Yo, why can't we be brothers? What do you say, I'm old? You can, you can be my digital big brother. Yes. All right. Go so ahead. I was thinking, like, do I have a question for Gary anymore? Because you've answered so many questions, but I, I figured out. Okay. Um, our company is going to explode if we manage to scale our story. Okay. And I'm going to need a lot of people for that. And um, let's put it this way. Um, I'm going to get the money to scale from you or Seth or someone else. Okay. I think you should do it because we're about time and about attention. Okay. But so my question is, I come to the States. Yes. And I want VaynerMedia to do our marketing there. Okay. But you have 800 people. So when I buy from VaynerMedia, I want to buy what you know. So how have you managed to scale your culture so that the person who's handling yeah. my account is going to be as good as you? They're not. <laughs> so is it, it's cheaper than it's getting fair. straight from you? Yes. I'm very expensive. No, no. So here's the punchline. My challenge wasn't to hire people. Listen, first of all, anybody that's as good as me would not work for me. Let's be very smart about this. My job is not to make you be able to buy me. My job is to make sure that everybody in my company, when we have an account, is better than anything else you could buy. That's the game. The game is not me, nobody buys me, and I'm very upfront with clients. Clients want to buy me, and I explain, I'm the CEO of the company. I run the company, I'm setting the vision. I need to be working on Marco Polo and understanding that. When I decided video for the phone was the most important thing three years ago, I was the one who hired the first 20 people that would make video for the phone. Those are the things I have to do. My game is not to do that, my game is to create a culture 
internally of being better than the alternative in the marketplace. Okay, so for the culture, how do you choose the right people, one, and how do you make sure they're good enough when they, for example, become a manager or so think, not a manager? So I think the biggest mistake people make here that are running businesses is they are spending too much time on hiring and not enough strategy on firing. So <laughs> I mean this, and I know it's a funny thing to say, I think I have unbelievable emotional intelligence. It's my intuition, I have great people skills. It's the thing I probably pride myself, you know this, it's the thing I pride myself the most on. I am stunned how many times I've been wrong hiring. It's hard, it's hard. So what I do now is I actually don't spend any time on hiring. When I built VaynerMedia this time, from 30 to 200 people we made happen in a year, I hired everybody. I mean, you could walk in and like say, I don't have a computer, I'm like, hired, you know? <laughs> I hired everybody, because when you're scaling, I need to taste it. It's much like the apps. I don't know what's next, but I'll try it and then I'll know. You don't know what you have in an employee. What you have to do is be upfront. Hey John, you have to understand, I'm hiring quickly, I don't know if you're gonna be good, but in three or four months, if I don't think you're good, we're probably gonna let you go and I wanna be upfront with you because you may not want on your resume that you only worked here for three months, so you're taking a risk here too. You have to be upfront, you have to be a stand-up, but that's my strategy. How do I know? We hire, we, now we're at scale, we know better what to look for, but we're not always right. But the key is to make sure people can't stay in the system if they're not qualified. First, emotionally. If you are not good with the other boys and girls, you are fired, even if you're the best. Second, meritocracy. You have to be good enough to carry your weight because we're not running a non-profit either. Got it? So, that's how. Thank you very much. And this is the last question, the biggest one. Uh, okay. Can I take you to dinner tonight? I can't do that, yeah. but it was great yeah. to see you. Thank you so much. Thank Listen, you, we know We're talking about advantages at this yes. conference. And you know, Finland has a, a many advantages that you probably have already, already you know, seen. But we have some disadvantage when it comes to wine. You know, it, the, the weather is not very good for wine. But, no. we do, but we do have great spirit. Okay. Or great spirits. And would you, would you accept, would you accept to, to taste one of Finland's most famous spirit for us? Would now? you accept that? Yes, right now. All right. All right. Eukok, <laughs> would you come here, please? What? This is a bit of a taste test for you, Gary. Come on over here. It's a, and this is a, a very special. Eoka is going to pour you something called Marskin Rupu. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. good. And there are two questions uh, related to this. It has to be filled to the rim. Is the tradition? Yes. This is our, I, I think, uh, I, I talked to you about this. Right. It's Marshall, Marshall Monerham, a great war hero, our a president of the Republic, had one of his staff invent this drink. I want, I... I want you to tell us what you think, but also it has three spirits in it. What are they? Ugh. I'm only pounding this because I love all of you. All right, here we go. Lahaim. Lahaim. Oh my God! Give him a big hand. You, you have become an honorary Finn. What did you think of that? What did you think of that? Your commentary, please. I think I have more hair on my chest. <laughs> um, not bad. Not, <laughs> not bad, actually. Um, licorice. Yeah. Um, a little bit of almost, do you know what pine tar is? Mm -hmm. It's a little pine tar. Um, eucalyptus. You feel, you feel like you can look okay, yeah. Okay, uh, okay. And, and what's in it? Yes, what do you think? You know, I'm They're not, very famous, big, you know, actually ma mainstream liquors that have been. I mean, it's, 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 to me, it's got vodka, sambuca. Um, yeah, I mean, vodka stands out for me. Yeah. Um, good um, one, good one. Maybe a little hint of gin. Yes! Um, very good! A hint of gin, a bit of vodka, or what we call vina in this country. Okay. But vermouth. Vermouth, got it. Vermouth, give him a big hand for trying that. Give him a big hand. <laughs> very big. How about taking the, you know, a question from these guys? On this side, anybody want to ask a question to Gary V? Ask Gary V, hashtag Gary V. Do you want me to answer this while somebody's coming up? Uh, we, we have somebody over there. We have somebody who's, uh, 
Come, could you come up here and catch this box for us? Please? I'm going to answer this while they're waiting. It oh. says, how do you prioritize your time? Uh, that's my next one for you. Uh, okay, you want... Uh, you're, I was gonna, I geez, was, you're very rigid. I, I, I'm rigid, man. But <laughs> For the, somebody with orange I just asked, pants, I just he's very rigid. I'm up for you. Okay, okay. Oh, there, oh, he has one there. He's good. Okay, and then good. We'll take that if that's okay. Thank you. Good? You're on, man. Go for it. Um, yeah, tell us who you are and your question, please. My name's Amon, and I'm from Birmingham, from Premier Estates Wines. How are you? I'm good, good, thanks. Good. Um, the question is, we want to know, we've taken on board of your ideas, and they're working really well. But I want to wait, know wait, wait. Say that one more time. We've taken, I talk really fast, sorry. <laughs> we've been taking on your ideas, the dark post, etc. and it's working really well. But one I'm trying One more time, one more time. <laughs> I, I, just, I didn't hear it, I didn't hear it. <sighs> it we've been taking a, it's, it's on an your accident. ideas. <laughs> And they're working really well, dark posts, etc. Good. The next question is, yes. how can we convert Snapchat and Pinterest into sales? So Snapchat, especially right now, is much more like television and outdoor media. It's not DR, it's not last touch attribution. You're not gonna see the sale, though ironically, because I'm very close to the Snapchat infrastructure, I'm an investor, we're an API partner, there's a lot of DR coming. We ran a campaign recently for AT&T where you swipe up from the creative and convert the form inside. I think Snapchat, two, three, four years from now, will be a real DR play, a conversion sales play. But you have to understand, and this is actually, thank you so much for this question, I'm glad I got to say this because I've been wanting to talk about it more. My friends, there's a very big difference between sales and marketing. And we're blending them too much. Right now, what I'm doing, I'm doing marketing. I'm creating awareness, I'm giving you my ideas, you may go down the rabbit hole, may follow me, you're getting into my funnel, you've become aware of who I am, that's marketing. It's not, I don't, I'm not gonna end this talk with like, and now go to my website and buy my book, that's not what you do. So I think when you think about Snapchat, think about as marketing, right? Listen, you know my spiel, I'm not looking for your money. I haven't asked you for any money. I'm building brand. All my content is free. You're not going down a funnel that then charges you $100 a month. So you need to do some of that. Facebook is incredible for marketing and sales, right? Twitter is remarkable for that. Pinterest is very easy for sales. All those images link out. Pinterest ads work quite well. The problem for Pinterest, and I'm an investor in that company and I'm disappointed, they have not moved to mobile as well as they could have. They want on desktop, but they've struggled with the mobile transition and I see the head nod. So I think one thing you need, and you're a young dude, one thing that you need to really understand is there's platforms that are great for sales, there's platforms that's great for marketing, but to be really big, you have to do both. And some platforms, Facebook, are incredible at both, which is why they're special. Okay, thanks a lot. You got it, brother. I identified this question because you said so much about you know, your hard work, your discipline, and what it takes to really achieve what you've achieved it has a lot to do with your regimen, with yeah, I mean, prioritize. I, I didn't so. cover it real quick. I didn't cover it, and so many of you raised your hand. You, don't, you, know, you didn't know who I was, and I should have probably drank more of that in the beginning <laughs> when I saw that. Um, I, you know, one thing I would say, and this is an American thing, I do believe that, um, but I just believe in hard work. You know, no matter how talented you are, I love when people say, Gary, you always talk about a lot of work, but I work smart. I go, Rick, I work smart and hard. Now what, asshole? <laughs> so, so, you're right, I'm a very big believer that if you were sitting in this room and you're trying to achieve great things, it's very hard to do that in a five, seven, eight hour work day. It just is. Somebody's gonna work nine, 10, and 11, and that's very competitive. But, family, interests, everybody should live their lives the way they want to. But if you wanna build something big, if you wanna create a big business, hard work is the first, second, and third part of the formula. Thank you so much for that. I can't, you can't emphasize that enough. How about up there? We've had a lot of questions from the front rows. How about back there in section one, anybody? with an insightful question for Gary before he leaves us. He has exactly four minutes, 33 seconds left. While, while I've got the time, while somebody's sure. deciding, raise your hand if you want to do this, but I'll say something to just bring value during the downtime. Another thing that I want to make sure, and I see there's a lot of executives in this room, everything you've just heard, please make sure that you don't do, got a question? Yeah, come up. Um, make sure you don't do what everybody does, which is if you're a senior executive, or if you own your own business, and you heard this talk and you say, oh wait, I think he's right, don't go and just hire a 23-year-old and assume that they understand this. 
That 23 year old was using their mobile device and social media to hook up with people. Not necessarily to sell stuff. And more importantly, and by the way, there's some 23 year olds that know how to sell stuff, but let's not do the cliche thing and say, oh yes, my niece, she's on Instagram, she's gonna help my business. That is not smart, (laughs) everybody does that. Please don't do that. And number two, how many people here own their business? Raise your hand. A lot. So listen. A lot of ownership. A lot. One more time, hi, I just wanna. Okay, here's the most important part, and I'm really glad I got to say this. Everything I just talked about, so many of you are gonna say, I don't understand this, I didn't grow up with this, I don't know this. If you own your own business, don't you think it makes sense for you to take 20 hours to either read or watch videos on how to place Facebook ads, how to place Instagram ads, how does LinkedIn work, what is medium.com? When you have the audacity to be an entrepreneur and own your own business and want all the riches and great things that come with it, you need to put in the work. I promise you, if you look at your eight hours every day, two to three of them, you're spending on dumb shit. You're spending it like it's 1994. Take that back, go to YouTube and Google, search how to place Facebook ads, how does Snapchat work, does Instagram work for B2B SaaS, whatever it may be, spend 40, 50, 60 hours, do, because the biggest thing I'm concerned about, one more time, show of hands, business owners, the biggest concern I have is that you're gonna hire somebody and you have no idea what they're doing. (laughs) How are you gonna judge if that person's doing something? By the way, if you don't understand this, you're gonna lose either way. Either you're gonna hire somebody who's not gonna do shit for you but knows how to trick you into thinking that they are, Mm. or, they're gonna do well, it's gonna matter to your business, and then she or he will have the leverage and either leave and do their own thing or it will require a lot more money from you. You have to be the best person in your organization. And do the work. When I stand in front of VaynerMedia, it's 800 people, very young, sharp, best in class, and when I stand in front of them and say, I'm the best at social media, me, the old guy, the fucking uncle, right? <laughs> I'm yeah. the best at, I'm the and best the, And the eight guys who are finished here that you that's, identified. That's right, yes. and so to me, and to me, you have to be the best executor in your organization. We're, this is communication, and communication drives everything. We're gonna take that one, one last yes. question from you, please, thank you. Uh, Could you start? Hi Gary, I'm Chandra, so. Uh, well, you answered my question already. Well, it was great to see you. Have a good day. <laughs> okay, you. so one, one last question for you, Gary. Uh, is that really it? Uh, well, we'll, I, we'll can, come I can put it, I can put it. You can throw uh, back to I, him. You only have a minute okay, I'll, I'll, before our, our next speaker. Is go ahead. Okay, done? so, uh, well, you know, I was a bit confused with Snapchat. Okay. And I thought myself I got old. Yes. And I also confirmed with my friends who graduated with me. Yes. They all got old. Yeah, you're old. Yeah, so. <laughs> But, you know, I'm still trying. I'm still you trying should. to understand what Snapchat is. How, how can it bring the value? And- Be- do you, because you have to understand, and this is perfect, I got 38 seconds. <laughs> Nine years ago, Facebook was for college. Now it is not. How does it bring value? If Snapchat holds on, which I think it will, in five years, my friend, you won't be as old as you think. You're gonna wanna do business. And Snapchat is gonna have 30 to 50 year old Finn consumers in its platform. You need to figure out how to make content in there that makes them want to do business with you. Well, trust me, I'm spending half an hour every day from the last two months. I love it, man. Good hustle. You're doing the work. Thank you so much. Helsinki, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks, man. Guys, thanks so much for listening to the audio experience. It would mean the world, and I mean the world, if you could go and leave a rating on iTunes. Your word of mouth is my oxygen.